0: Solar PV Cast by Shift, a podcast exploring solar energy and a role it plays in place improving our lives and our planet. Here's your host Chris Palliser. The Solar PV Cast is brought to you by Shift for all your solar and energy storage needs. Visit shift.ca. Now, today's podcast is all about the future. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the future of the solar industry. I guess I mean it is part of it for sure, but I'm talking about the future that's in school right now, the future of humanity, if you will, students, and it's one of the main reasons I started an in-school solar program, because our future is in the hands of students, and that is why I was so pleased and excited when I came across a group called Student Energy, and it is a group. In fact, you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna read this. I, I want to get it right. Student Energy empowers the next generation of leaders who are accelerating the transition to a sustainable, equitable energy future. Uh, They work with a network of 50,000 young people from over 120 countries. Now, one of those young people to join the Solar PV cast today is Shakti Ramkumar, who is the uh, Senior Director of Policy and Communications. Shakti, thank you so much
1: for joining. Thank you for having me.
0: So student energy. energy, tell me all about student energy. Um, I mean, first, I, I kind of summed up what you did, but if you could reiterate on that, expand on that, and talk about how you started. And, and
1: Yeah, student energy is, we believe, the world's largest youth-led organization working on energy. And we were actually founded in Calgary by a group of three students in 2009 who recognized that there were so many young people who were, um, really wanting to have a voice in the energy space, but there just wasn't a space for them. And a lot of the industry events that they were going to, that careers that they were trying to get into, there just was not a space for young people to have their voices heard and really become an active part of the energy transition. So student energy started first with our International Student Energy Summit. The three founders, they kind of thought, okay, this will be a one-off event. A totally youth-led energy summit will bring together young people from around the world and that'll be that. Um, they brought together 350 youth to Calgary from over 30 countries and had a really a one-of-a-kind experience where young people were the ones setting the agenda, asking questions, bringing on world leaders and experts in energy. And um, it was kind of this incredible experience uh, way back in 2009. And after the summit, young people kept reaching out to the founders asking, so what's next? You know, we want to continue on the momentum. I met so many cool people at the Student Energy Summit. What's happening now? So knowing that there was this great appetite from youth around the world for continued action on energy, uh, Student Energy was born as a nonprofit. So since then we've kind of expanded our programs ecosystem far beyond the Student Energy Summit. We'll actually be hosting our seventh International Student Energy Summit. It happens every two years this year in Abu Dhabi, right before the UN Climate Change Conference, COP28. And alongside the International Student Energy Summit, we now have a whole suite of programs that we offer to young people 18 to 30. We have over 50 university-led chapters that youth uh, autonomously run. We have a fellowship program for young people to learn really basic, you know, energy system fundamentals and start building their own community projects. We have a guided projects program for youth who are ready to take the next step and install their own community scale energy projects. We walk them through from start to finish and provide coaching and mentorship and support. Um, We have the energy system map, of course, which includes our web um, website map as well as our resources and they've reached millions of people over the past few years. So our goal with all of these programs is to meet young people where they're at, to intervene in that critical time between high school and whatever comes next. not all of the youth in our network are in universities as many of them are, but we really want to cater to all young people 18 to 30 who are trying to figure out how can I take action on energy, how can I start my career and how can I figure out what to do with my life? All of our programs are designed to intervene at different points, meeting young people at whatever stage they might be.
0: Wow, that I got goosebumps for real because you know, you can hear the the passion and uh the excitement in your own voice about reaching these people and 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 showing them opportunities. We were at a career fair not too long ago and and you're so right. It's we're still transitioning in that mindset that renewable energy is an option for young people. There's your standard trades. Uh, you know, the film industry was there and the trade industry and, and all those standard um, industries. And then over in the corners is this little solar booth. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's an option. So many people still don't think that it's an option. So it's amazing that you're out there. 50,000 members, I think, worldwide. Is that what I read?
1: Yep, that's right. We have about 50,000 young people from all over the world. Um, uh, We're bringing together 650 of them in person at our summit, but thousands more are engaged through our programs.
0: And 40 chapters. So not just Canada now, you're in countries all around the world?
1: Yep, we're everywhere. I think we're um, in our mid-50s now with our chapters. So we're in um, our strongest kind of cluster of chapters are in Latin America and in Africa, but we also have chapters in Southeast Asia, in Europe, in the United States, um, really everywhere. So how
0: does it work? I was reading about your Student Energy energy Guided Projects 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 program, program, one of your many great 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 programs. programs how does that work? You kind of enroll in student energy, become a team player and then link up that way. Like how would that work for somebody?
1: Yeah, we take applications for all of our programs at, you know, throughout the year. And we really want young people to think about, okay, at this stage of my career or, you know, professional life, what do I need? And for some people, they um, just want to meet potential employers and, you know, do a practicum project, learn more about the industry. For some people, they want to learn energy system fundamentals to see if this is a space they might even be interested in. And for some students, they already know that energy is something I'm passionate about. I am ready to build something in my community. And I want to dedicate you know, quite a significant amount of my time to doing this. And for those youth who are ready, um, the Guided Projects program was built over the past couple of years um, because it can be really hard to take action in your community and you know get boots on the ground and build a project for young people. Um, it's often very hard for youth to get funding because they don't have 10 years of audited financials or a LLC setup or all of these kind of checks that funders require that you know larger companies might have that startups might have. Um, young people often don't have those so they we want them to leverage student energy as kind of their launch pad so that we can be their first partner. Um, their first intro into successfully designing and implementing a project on the ground and use that as an opportunity to scale that up and, you know, get access to bigger pools of funding to more expansive networks of partners um, and scale up their community work. So the guided projects program right now, we're actually focusing on solar PV. We brought on, uh, we did a pre-pilot test project with a team of amazing students at the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology in Edmonton, where they built a solar array um, at their university. And they're actually now selling power to their university, which is really cool. Um, And they're using the proceeds to fund their chapter's work. Um, So that was our pre-pilot project. It started producing power um, just a little while ago, a few months ago. Since then, we've brought on six more um, project pilot project teams uh, from around the world. Two of them are now up and running, Shames Mountain and one in Kenya. Um, and essentially, we walk young people through, here's how you develop a project plan, here's how you meet with your team, here's how you fundraise. Um, and we, you know, there are all kinds of challenges that you don't get taught in school. Like you need to think about permitting, contracting, you need to get engineer's approval to actually build a solar project. And um, even though these are fairly small scale, community scale solar arrays, the the steps that young people go through, the learning that they go through in implementing these projects is something that they can replicate. Once they've done it once, you can do it again at a bigger scale. So that's the goal with guided projects is we literally guide um, youth from start to finish to implementing a solar project. We hope to expand to other issues as well, like clean cooking and energy efficiency. But we started with solar um, and the end goal is that youth can use this experience to uh, reach bigger funding, to grow bigger projects, to implement them, because now they know how.
0: Wow, that's incredible. What's the Is there an age limit to get in on this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, our age limit for our programs is typically 18 to 30. Of course, many of our youth networks, they work with um project partners in their communities other organizations individuals so our teams are often you know quite diverse age-wise but the teams that directly uh work with student energy they're usually 18 to 30.
0: it's so wonderful because it is schooling in itself like you said when you're coming out at 18 19 you don't know where to start you know having a, a guided project under your belt all of a sudden opens so many other doors um in terms of the program and and the growth of it has it grown exponentially since you started it sounds like it have it has and also what what about the students is there a frustration with things not being done and so they're like i'm going to do it
1: yeah i mean uh, to answer the first part of your question we've just um, kind of kicked off the first cohort of our Guided Projects program. It's our newest program, so it's still underway. There is so much demand for this program, but, um, you know, it's also tough finding capacity as an organization to be able to fund these projects and grow ourselves. So we're always, you know, hustling to raise um, funds so that we can support more young people to develop these kinds of projects so we yeah we hope to really grow this program exponentially we, w- we would love to see hundreds thousands of youth-led community energy projects out in the world um and yeah we hope that all of our programs are kind of feeding into that and secondly on the frustration i think that is very real among many of our youth network they're seeing the slow pace of you know negotiations international climate policy federal climate policy there are there have been wins over the past few years but the reality is we have not bent the curve on emissions we have not reached universal energy access we have not addressed many of the energy injustices that we're facing nationally or internationally and youth see that day in and day out. So there is a sense that, you know, youth want to take action by themselves and um, do what they can to be part of the solution. I think it can be, it can feel really disempowering to feel like these policies, these, um, you know, larger forces are far beyond reach for young people. So I think um, developing a solution with their peers, something they can do in their communities and be that note of change, is can be really empowering for young people in the face of, I think, um you know really frustrating inaction that we're seeing from our leaders
0: well and it's it's wonderful it's a wonderful way of protest isn't the right word but rather than just protesting you you nailed it part of the solution it's like okay we don't agree with this but we're going to go out on our own and we're going to do this and show you that this works and show you that this is the way i mean it's 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 students leading not students you know what i mean <laughs>
1: Exactly. Yeah, and we're really hoping to connect the dots in all the ways that young people are trying to change the system. We have very important, you know, opposition that youth are leading on the front lines, that indigenous groups are leading on the front lines saying we can't continue the harms of our current energy system if we have any hope of building something better. And I think that's so crucial that we support those grassroots and frontline efforts to resist. At the same time, we also have, you know, many of those same youth, those same um frontline grassroots groups really embodying the solutions they would like to see. So, you know, there's a perception that young people just like to, you know, be discontent or complain or whatever, but there is that expression of, you know, we're not okay with the way things are now, but we're also here trying to build and embody the solutions we would like to see on a larger scale. So I think connecting the dots between those two types of systems change is is really important. And um, hopefully student energy can shine a light on, you know, young people don't need to grow up and one day build solutions. They're already doing it now.
0: I mean... I'm not that old but you know my my high school early uh college years were 99 2000 2001 and I am so excited for my children's future uh you know 50, 10 years from now when they're that old um that that these programs exist and that people are being made aware of these options so thank you <laughs> Uh, it It makes me smile, knowing that you guys are out there doing this, in that it started here in Canada and then it's become this global sensation it's It's very cool now guided projects you have people doing hands on things. What about when it comes to policy? Obviously, working with governments is going to be a something you have to do when you want change
1: exactly and in our theory of change at student energy, we really see it as two essential parts to creating change. One is building up the capacity of young people to be able to do these projects, to be knowledgeable about the energy system, to approach solutions in a really nuanced and intersectional way. So we are building up change agents on the one hand, but we know that we could have you know the most capable, the most incredible youth in the world. But if they don't have pathways to actually make decisions or be heard by decision makers to influence policy, then we're not going to see the change that we need at the pace that we need. So on the flip side of creating change agents and supporting young people, we also work directly with governments, with energy companies, with intergovernmental organizations, with the UN uh, to help them internalize the value of working with young people. I think in the last few years, we're seeing a lot more world leaders, UN officials, um, energy companies even, uh, refer to the work of young people in accelerating climate action saying, you know, youth are doing a great job. And it's really great to see that because that wasn't the case a few years ago. Youth weren't really recognized as a key player in the climate space and now they they are. But what we want to close the gap on is, okay, what next? We're recognizing young people as key players, but are we mobilizing to support youth led solutions? Are young people actually being given decision-making power you know, young people put in so much effort into developing manifestos, calls to action research reports that are sent to influential decision making organizations. What happens to those? Are they followed through with um, Are young people's calls to action actually being addressed? And those are the questions that student energy that we are really interested in is how can we create space for young people in these powerful decision making institutions in a way that youth are not only tokenized as, you know, we have a great youth speaker to present on something, but they're actually included in the decision-making processes, that they're actually empowered to understand the complex way that um, funding is mobilized or decisions are made and they have a say in that. And that at the end of the day, youth-led projects, community-led projects, see some of the change that is being discussed at these very high levels. So that's, I would say, the purpose of our uh, work in the policy space.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And it makes sense to have youth at the table and making decisions and and decision-making power because, you know, you have more of a future on this planet than, say, you know, the the 55-year-old guy in government.
1: Yeah. And any policies that are passed, you know, any infrastructure that has to be built, we're going to have to be the ones doing it decades into the future. Um, So those policies, if they're in the discussion stage right now, I think it's so crucial that young people... Are heard because we'll be the ones seeing it through to completion in the the years and decades to come.
0: Amazing! How did you get involved with Student Energy? How did? What's your journey? Uh, I mean, you're very well spoken. Uh, you're an amazing policy and communications director, from what I could tell. What's your journey?
1: Um I was actually a program participant so years before student energy I was very interested in energy just as an individual and then in climate action ever since moving to Canada when I was about 8 years old I did a, quite a lot of science fair projects on you know passive homes and energy efficient heating and cooling and that was my that was my passion and in university I studied geography so a little more on the art side And then um, I was a participant in one of Student Energy's programs, which aimed to basically host a Canada-wide youth-led dialogue on energy in partnership with government. Um, And I led the dialogues for Vancouver, for BC. Um, And then at that time, Student Energy was an organization run by two, two and a half, very amazing, capable staff. So we were quite a small team. And then I joined on as an administrative assistant while I was still in university. Um, My first role was you know, uh, working on our uh, receipts and cash flows and um, those kinds of things. And since then, we've grown from a team of about three or four um, staff all the way to now 40 plus staff and uh, international associates as well in eight countries. So it's been a wild ride with student energy over the past few years. But yeah, I started kind of the same way many of our program participants now start as, um, you know, being a youth participant who was uh, very driven to take action on energy in my community.
0: I'm not going to lie. I'm incredibly envious that um, I am too old to join a program, (laughs) Uh, but I'm so happy that there are people out there taking action and doing it. And I want to give a nod to your YouTube channel as well and and all your channels. Really, you guys are clearly a way that you realize that education is, is also the path forward. Um, I found your YouTube channel 60,000 plus subscribers. Um, And when I started in my solar adventure a year ago, I remember watching your video on solar. And now there's a solar photovoltaics 101 and biomass 101 and wind 101. And they're great, great production and easy to follow, easy to understand. Um, So yeah, I don't know if you can speak to a bit about the education approach that you're taking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is really a testament to, I think, our founders and the way they conceptualized student energy in the beginning. A lot of those videos were produced even before I started at student energy, and we've carried on that tradition. Education is at the heart of what we do. We are an educational charity, first and foremost. And we really believe there's a need for energy education because Unfortunately, it's not a given in high school or university that you will have really comprehensive education about our energy system. Some youth are lucky enough to have that and many youth aren't. Um, So we wanted to level the playing field on who gets to understand the energy system because only by understanding the nuances and the complexity of our current energy system can we even begin to shape and build our future energy system. So we wanted to demystify the energy system Um, You know, change it from this scary and obscure thing that not a lot of people have access to learning about into something that anyone can feel comfortable understanding, explaining, uh, and taking action on. Because I think even within the climate space, even within the youth climate movement, energy can feel very out of reach or um, difficult to engage with for young people because it seems sometimes too technical. It can sometimes seem, you know, too laden with economics and. Uh, technical limitations that we don't learn about in school. And so we wanted to make those accessible. So on our YouTube uh, page, on our energy system map, on our website, and in our Energy 101 series on our social media, um, no topic is too nuanced or complex or technical. We think everything can be made approachable um, if we explain it the right way. So we dive into all kinds of hot topics, hydrogen, carbon markets, um, new emerging energy technologies, as well as understanding the basic fundamentals of the energy system. Um, And I think it's so crucial, whether people are working in the energy sector or not, I think it's so crucial because then they can be a more informed consumer, a more informed voter, um, they can feel more empowered in the, the climate policies that they hopefully can weigh in on. So I think energy education is so crucial for everyone regardless of age background, current job sector. So, and we try to make it fun. Um, I know energy can sometimes be a little bit dry, so we also try to make it fun, concise, um, and engaging so that it's a starting point. Um, not an end point.
0: Amazing. And on behalf of the 40 plus crew, you know, we're enjoying your content as well. I know of course it's targeted towards, uh, students, But yeah, I think it's beneficial.
1: I mean, from our analytics, we see people of all ages using our resources and that is really awesome to see.
0: (laughs) Totally. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. And uh, how can somebody help a a nonprofit? So how can somebody who's maybe listening to this, watching this, help you guys out? and And, you know, what's the future look like for student energy?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. We always have a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of projects we would love to scale up and expand. Um, Right now we are actively trying to grow our internal capacity to be able to expand programs. We have a thousand plus people on waiting lists for many of our programs that we just can't meet due to um, you know staff constraints, and it's it's a real challenge for many nonprofits. So, um, if folks are listening who want to get involved with our programs, you know young people eighteen to thirty, we're always putting out calls for applications for our programs, and they're mostly free too. So it's another bonus. Um, so I really encourage uh, young people to apply to our programs, even if you don't have a background in this space. For organizations who are looking to better engage with young people or to hear from young people or to work with organizations like Student Energy. This is something I would say we have really developed a lot of expertise in over the past few years It's helping organizations understand what does meaningful and equitable youth engagement look like for our field of work, whether they're an energy company, a philanthropic organization, a government agency, we've worked with them all. So we'd really invite organizations to get in touch with us as well to learn more about how to support young people in a non-tokenistic, meaningful way and to really, you know, kick off these many uh, youth projects that we're seeing. Um, so, yeah, I would invite organizations to get in touch with us as well. Our inboxes are always open. Um, our website is always open. So, yeah, those are, I think, be my two main calls to action.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining uh, the Solar PV Cast to, to chat about student energy and, and what you do, and, and truly give the website a look. I mean, the, the Clean Cooking Forum, uh, the Guided Projects Program, we talked about the Chapters Program, the Energy Map, it's all on there. It's all incredibly educational. And, uh, and on behalf of my daughters, who are 8 and 9, just turned 10, uh, thank you for, for really leading the charge on this and creating a place for young people to go and get information, which is only going to better their lives and the lives around them.
1: Thank you so much yeah, for having this conversation and for letting us sh- share this message more widely.
0: Shakti Ramkumar from uh, Senior Director of Policy and Communications with Student Energy on today's episode of the Solar PV Cast. Uh, I'd love to keep chatting with you and as you grow and, and uh, just follow, I'm following along for sure. Thanks for joining today.
1: Thanks so much. The Solar PV Cast by Shift with Chris Palliser. To begin your solar journey, visit shift.ca.